Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast. I know, I know, it's been a few weeks and I said it wouldn't be, but there here we are again. Um, it's actually been a really busy few weeks, both in the industry, the Porsche industry and myself. So before we get started into the episode, let's give you a bit of an update on to where we are. And let's start with me. So as I mentioned in the previous episode, I had just about finished my university degree and I've been doing that for a bachelor's degree in STEM for over seven years Um, so very exciting and uh, yeah what an emotional time that was it was at the Barbican in London Um, I was really excited about the whole thing and it did not disappoint so yeah it was amazing to see all the other graduates kind of waiting for their um, their moment on stage and um, the open university is really chilled actually so when you at the point of the Barbican and the kind of the ceremony was being opened everybody was told you know celebrate this is not the kind of very traditional red brick so you walk up and you should very performatively shake someone's hand and then walk off again um, they're encouraging people to have a bit of fun with it so some people did some people didn't um, and I was queuing up to pick my certificate up and you know uh, shake the uh, the hand of someone, someone very important. I'm not sure who, what faculty member it was, but someone important anyway. Um, and and I was thinking, what do I do? Do I do anything, or do I bottle it and kind of sit at home? And I just thought, you know what, this is a once once off. You know, I, I'm going to go and do my masters and then hopefully a PhD afterwards. But um, yeah, I thought I'd have a bit of fun with it. So I ran, literally ran on stage and shouted, "Come on!" to the to everybody in the audience and. Yeah, they got it got a few uh, a few laughs and a few um, a few claps from that, so it was fun. But the, the rest of it was great, and you know it was nice to finish something off completely. Um, since then, though, the bookings have you know it's been what three four weeks since the last episode, um, and I've had a booking every week since, uh, so it's been pretty intense. But what I having some conversations with people. Um, they're kind of close to the channel that I chat to all the time. Um, they're, they're the same old story and the same sort of questions pop up. You know, you keep talking about loads of content, but uh, when's it all coming out? So, um, so I'm kind of drawing a close on shooting content. I've got two episodes left to shoot. Um, one heritage episode with PJ Gibbons and his 356 Outlaw um, Survivor car. It's so cool, that thing. Um, and with Moomar's GT3 and um, and that has been I've been trying to queue that for such a long time um, and that car's done well over a quarter of a million miles I think it's heading on 300,000 miles now but for a 997 GT3 and it looks in great condition still and, and yeah so I'm really excited about those two episodes but apart from that um, I'm going to limit what I shoot between now and the end of the year I'm just going to focus on getting content edited, done, and out. Um, and I've got enough content easily to get me through between here and spring. Um, and at that point, I'm hoping that I'll kind of all be up to date. You guys will be all up to date. And then I can start really fresh next year with fresh content that, you know, and it's all kind of, I'm running at the sort of relatively equal pace there'll always be a bit of a lag and i want there to be a bit of a lag because then if i do need to take some time off or there's a bit of a breather it's not too much of a problem um but i've got stacks stacks um and just to remind you if this is your first time listening to the podcast 
give you a bit of a heads up about what Rengineer is all about. Um, four four uh, playlists. First one is Rem Builds. That's this is this episode is the first Rem Builds episode. Um, and that's on my 981 Cayman, and that's taking you through from selling it, which is a long protracted story, buying a different car, buying the Cayman back again, and then modifying it. So um, so that's kind of this is a bit of an origin story this episode for you for that. Um, but also, really, the fundamental reason for engineering existing is the Ren 550 project, and that's a carbon fiber one of one. Uh, 550 Spider Evocation on a Lotus Elise chassis, which is bonded aluminium, um, and it's still used today with the Amira, so it's pretty good, or a variation of anyway. Um, but with an air-cooled engine and a carbon fibre um, body. And if you'll remember, if you haven't listened to the episode, last episode actually, I talked about uh, Jake at O-Sports, um, and Jake and O Sports are um, the company are going to be building the carbon fiber body for the Ren 550. Um, o Sports make all the carbon fiber, well, a lot of the carbon fiber work for Tut Hill. So, highly recommended. Amazing partnership. Um, and then, following on from that partnership, one of the first bookings I had was at Level Motorsport Wiring. Um, if you're going to build something like this and it's all custom and bespoke, you are going to need to um, have a bespoke wiring loom. Um, yes, I could probably make something, but I really, the, you know, the Rem 550 isn't supposed to be a, it's supposed to be in a full engineering project, which means you then have design requirements and scope and you've got to, you know, build things to a certain standard and that's that stuff's really important to me. So it's not going to be taking a wiring loom off one car, modifying it, no, 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 bespoke from the ground up. So in order to do that, I needed to um, connect with and have a partnership in that space as well. So level motorsport wiring, that was the shoot. That was pretty much just after I released that podcast last time. Um, and that's, in terms of shoots, I had uh, one with Paul Layton and his Resto Mod uh, 911, which is like an ST, um, singer-esque thing produced partly by tut hill uh painted by riviera auto bodies and then finished by him and then the interior and all the choices that i mean that car's just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal so that was a great heritage episode shot and in the meantime um i've been to brookspeed and there was a, a brookspeed had a the, um if you don't know and you're not in the uk but brookspeed they're a specialist in the south um in around the hampshire area so um and they have an open night from time to time and i thought i'd shoot down there which is quite interesting got to see an absolutely ridiculous 993 rs keep my fingers crossed that that will turn into an episode we'll see i've left it with the owner to have a bit of a think about um but that owner's got quite a number of cars including a um ferrari race car so that should be a really good episode if it comes off we'll see um but also, it was Legends Drivers Club first anniversary, and Legends and Rengineering are partnered. Um, absolutely, think the world of uh, of Legends Drivers Club, and particularly Andre, the guy that runs the club. Um, amazing first year, lots of events, really well subscribed. They're all sold out all the time, constantly. So um, it's always a pleasure to um, head to one of his events. And this first one was this first year anniversary was at Goodwood. Um, and whilst it was a good word, I shot a bit of an update, your Porsche story with Simon Jessup. He'd just bought his 964C2 in Guards Red and it was a lovely bit of kit. He's actually now got two. Um, 
so we had kind of a bit of a chat about Y2, what the differences were, what his plans are for that. So that will come out at some point soon. And Dan's Timeless Classics as well. Now, at Brookspeed, when I was at Brookspeed, Dan's uh, 996 Aero kitted car, I think he, he refers to it as an XAA car, and I think XAA refers to the uh, build sheet uh, mnemonic for that car. Um all that type of car so but anyway a 996 uh silver i can't remember which type of silver it is i think um i can't remember i'm gonna be t- i'm gonna be taking a swing if i remembered exactly which silver he'll he'll be kicking me now if he was here um but with terracotta interior and that silver and terracotta interior is such an iconic look um i think they're the ones they're going to be the ones to have um i was really excited about that and i did you know put a reel out on instagram and dan reached out to me and so danny reached out to me and said let's do something together so we shot a your porsche story um at goodwood live at goodwood so that was really great so that's all been banked so it's been thick and fast it really has been thick and fast all of that um and as i said you've got um, pj gibbons and um and the moon miles gt3 coming up as well so lots of stuff shots lots of stuff booked but it has to stop at some point so i can concentrate on getting content out rather than shooting it because there's no point shooting it if it's not going to go anywhere. So, um, and when we head towards Christmas, and I'll I'll come back again and mention this in, probably in late November, just to, as a reminder. Um, but the plan is my Alps trip. I, I shot that as a video diary, basically from start to finish. Um, there's nine days of that trip, and that trip, uh, as it was video diaried, is going to go out over nine consecutive days over Christmas, starting on Christmas Eve. So. Um, but I'll let you know again when they are getting close to the day. So really excited about releasing those. It's such a fun, it's such a fun thing for me to do, and it kind of really talks to you about um, if you haven't done a big road trip like that, especially on your own, right? Because I try basically drove around France on my own. So really exciting. So what's been happening in the industry then? It's been, yeah, I mean, it's because it's been a month. There's been a bit to talk about really. So. The ST, the 911 ST, uh, the car that if I had an unlimited untapped resource and I had a best mate that worked at a, an OPC is the car that I would go and buy, hands down, no question. Absolutely love the thing. I love what it looks like. I love the fact it's the lightest 911 you can buy. Um, but what's interesting is there's, and I don't know if this is going to actually happen because it sounds like it's ridiculous, but they're all about leasing the ST. And that's it. You just get to lease it, and then it gets released back to the um, into the dealer network. Let's see what happens with that because it sounds like a good idea, but in in reality, I very much doubt that people will accept that. If they're special enough to be able to get the option on one, they're not going to accept it being leased. But I thought that was quite interesting. Also released as the GT3R. Now that is a track only special, which is bizarre because. I, I, look, I get it. They they want to um, test tech, get ahead of the curve, so they know what their plans are for the future. They're probably testing things in that that will end up on consumer cars later down the line, but can't be used in a race series. There's no race series for it, and it is track only. So, um, and that came out recently. And the other thing that I saw kind of went unnoticed, really, which was the 551 Spider. Um, I didn't even know that thing existed. So yeah, that's very strange. Um, but it obviously piqued my interest. Being, you know, building the Rem 550, and it's I'll be taking some references from that. I think when I start looking at design, if I mean the the renders, thank thank you to Axis Arts have been put together anyway. Um, so kind of close to what we think 
it's going to look like but there's always you know it's not been built yet so there's still opportunity for change um, and we should reference some of those potentially some of those 551 spider so as a part of the 911 ST launch um, it sort of marks 60 years of 911 which is crazy now just to run you through um, the different eras first generation 1963 73 that's the original 911 G body 73 to 89 and then the 964 88 to 94 uh, 993 93 to 98 but it was lovely to see, there's been lots of celebration in the UK around this and um, Rensport Reunion I know picked up on it as well and it's really celebrated that, how can you not? Um, so it's been a busy old month in terms of the brand, in terms of um, releases um, and then we're sort of heading towards the end of the year so it'll be fascinating to see what happens next. So this is the first REM builds, this is the start, the, the origin story for my 981, which is, you know, the, my first Porsche. Um, and I absolutely adore the thing, still adore the thing, you know, four and a half years later. So I'm going to cut their hand over to me, weirdly. And uh, yeah, it's, I hope you enjoy the first Rem Builds episode. And I'll catch you back up at the end. Welcome back to the channel. Uh, welcome back uh, today. Oh, we've got a dog running around. Um, yeah, so today I'm going to talk about three years with my 981 Cayman. It's a 2015 2.7 uh, base model Cayman. I hate that phrase, base model. Um, not because it's a base model, just because I think it's a rubbish phrase. I'm going to talk about cost. I'm going to talk about driving experiences I had with the car. Um, any regrets uh, that I have, then we're going to talk about where. Um, we're going to do a little walk around of the vehicle, I've put some B-roll in and, um, and talk over that and then sort of let you know about how, how it went uh, and what my thoughts are after three years with the car. Um, so let's start with, uh, not just is this, like most things I guess, um, if you're in a relationship with somebody, uh, their thoughts and feelings are important as well. My wife does not want me to sell this car, this is being picked up tomorrow. So, lovely chap that's buying it from me, and I'm really thrilled actually because the last thing I wanted with this car is for it to off go off to um, a trader and then into an auction potentially, not know who it's going to go to. It's it's been like my first love, uh, and I know it seems dramatic, but it's the first Porsche I've ever owned. Um, it was an aspirational thing for me to try and get to by the time I was 40, and I did. Um, and yeah, it's so, and she loves it. It sounds great, that's what she's worried about partly is the fact that the next car won't sound as good and she's right, it won't sound as good. Um, yeah, so it, though those things matter, they, you know, they matter to me anyway. So that's, I guess there's one thing is when you're deciding to move on from a car, um, is it definitely something you want to do? And I've spent probably best part of a month now, I put the deposit down on the new car three, four weeks ago. Um, and in that time, that's a lot of time to get buyer's remorse or seller's remorse and come out the other side of it. Uh, and I, I'm doing that, I'm committed to doing it. But if I'm honest, even though arguably the next car is a car that 
Porsche enthusiasts will probably appreciate more. And I certainly appreciate what it does and, and, and the point of it. Um, and I think it's a great long-term car. There's something about this that's got under my skin. Um, I bought it for those of you, I think I, I'm pretty sure a video had been out now, I, I, you know, whether it ended up going out or not, it might've been too bad to go out. It was one of the first ones I shot about why I bought this car. Um, you know, some of the journeys I've had in it and I'm kind of redoing a little bit of that now because it was awful. Um, but if I didn't put that out, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, the, the sort of experiences I've had and the things I've done in it. So um, yeah, within 24 hours of buying the car, I went to uh, Brooklyn's, got a nice photo in the Brooklyn's bank, and I'll put that in. Um, and I just tried to make as much out of the, the car as I could before coronavirus kicked off. Um, my stag deal, I bought this car just before I got married and, and I, you know, drove it to my, we had a micro stag, so we had a caffeine machine, then a load of us camped um, in a campsite nearby caffeine machine, just had a little barbecue and, and um, talked crap about me, pretty much, uh, which is good fun and all those things, they all build up memories in this stuff, so I'm a really nostalgic, sentimental person anyway, so anything that I can sow, I'm the same with watches and stuff as well, anything I can sow memories into, the better. Um, Watches will do another thing. It's only interesting watches, actually. I'm happy to do the odd watch, uh, the odd watch episode. Um, it'll go in waffle. It won't go in anything else. But yeah, happy to talk about watches. Yeah, so I spent a ton of time doing trips um, all over the place and loved it. Uh, and a part of the ownership experience for me has been that is the the fact that I've enjoyed getting out and using it. And obviously, then we had the coronavirus period and it got much less use. Um, I can say it's on 27,000 miles now. Um, so let's talk about, let's break down now, because that's a bit of kind of thought about why I bought the car and you know some of the stuff I've done with it. But I want to talk about the things you're interested in. If you're watching this and you're thinking about buying a 981, let's have a talk about the cost. So I don't mind, I don't know why people get all funny about you know saying how much to pay for something. I don't care at all. Um, I paid 32,000 300 pounds for this car in 2018 oh no no 2019 sorry yeah it would have been early 2019 um and we're what 2022 so three years later and i think i bought it with 14,000 miles on on 27 um so i would have expected to i kind of worked into when i was buying the car how much i'd lose i thought i'd lose maybe 10 grand from that um and again don't mind how much saying how much i sold it for i sold it for 31 so you know, 1,300 quid in three years and 14,000 miles or 13,000 miles. I think that's pretty exceptional. And I think it's part of the reason why man math plays a big part in buying these sorts of things that, and it totally has with a new car as well. Um, yeah, it, it's it's rare that you'll you'll get absolutely smashed to bits. Like if, and again, no disrespect to anyone that's bought an M3 or an M4, you know, pay 50, 60 grand for one of those things and, you know, you're literally watching it, the money fall out of it. Um, I didn't want that. I quite honestly, I can't afford that. So whatever I did had to have a bit of an exit strategy and the next one does it too, um, although it's a level up again. So yeah, financially, it's been great. In terms of running costs, I bought some, it's on its original wheels. It came on 19 inch um, Cayman S wheels with uh, Goodyear, uh, Eagle F1 asymmetrics all round. Uh, I took those wheels off pretty much straight away and put some 20 inch Sport Techno wheels on with Pilot Sport uh, 4S's. Ran the car for the three years on those Pilot Sport 4S's and then sold those wheels at the end. I think I lost a few hundred quid on the wheels, but case rah, rah. 
and then put these wheels back on um, and because I hadn't used them uh, they'd only done 13,000 miles or 14,000 miles and the tyres are still pretty good so um, yeah so again you know I, I kind of factored in some of the cost of that but so I've not replaced tyres you know I bought the other the 20 inch wheels with tyres on um, and yeah so no tyre costs not changing any tyres brakes you wouldn't expect to I guess maybe the brake pads might be um, starting to go or you know you might be sort of, I've not done any track days or anything and I guess I drive fairly light but I've never in the services that I have had done brake pads haven't come up discs clearly haven't um, yeah I want to kind of go into I want to talk about it would be more exciting if there was you know a noticeable cost involved but there hasn't been I've literally not put a bulb in this thing um, I've got a habit of cleaning wipers anyway when I wash the car and the wipers don't squeak and they still clear the screen so no need to change those um, yeah it's, it's uh, so the only thing I guess I have done is probably over and above what's necessary because when I bought this car although figured out what I would do and how much it was going to cost or how much I'd be happy to lose if I sold it. I also at the same time had the intention of keeping this for life. Um, and clearly that's not happened. Um, but yeah, so I, I had annual oil changes done on top of the two year servicing. So, um, and because I bought it and it hit the four year mark, was it the six year mark? Yeah, six year mark last year. So that was the big service. And I think, um, I think it cost me about a thousand pounds which is quite a lot yeah it's quite a lot and that was belts and plugs and or belt inspection plugs air filter pollen filter oil and a check i think that's all it is it just you know is is stressed out and when you're spending grand and you don't see a lot for it especially if you're used to servicing cars on your own it just it seems berserk that you're spending that much money but it is important to get either um main dealer servicing or a reputable um independent specialist and that's what i've gone for um brook speed in hampshire service this for, for the time i've had it and i also start to use and i probably will use barn sport a little bit as well um you might actually have seen the tech talk uh, with barn sport if you haven't um we're probably going to do a few of those guys but the first one was on geometry so if you want a myth bust uh setup you know tracking and all that sort of stuff that's a really good one to watch um so head into the into the menu and go and have a look um it's worth watching so that's Servicing costs, nothing, I've not replaced anything. Um, let's not talk about wear, because you know, you'd expect three years with a, what now, seven, six year old car, seven year old car, you'd expect some wear, right? You'd expect um, you know, the body to be sort of have marks and damage and stuff. And I have driven it as a daily car. It's, it's been my only car for the most part. I think a couple of the winters I bought cheap runarounds, um, but for the most part, it's just been the only car I've used. So, um, and I don't know whether it was just me. I came out of Lotuses, so I expected there to be, um, you know, Lotus don't really fare too well in the winter. It's not the ideal situation, but I guess I underestimated how well built these things were. And I didn't, I was a bit sort of cynical about the idea of using a Porsche through the winter. And I still would try not to, because I just hate the fact that salt gets everywhere and it's an absolute nightmare to get rid of. But you totally could. Um, I haven't, I've babied this thing, again, probably because I thought I would keep it forever. Um, so bodywork, and at this point, I'll swap over to B-roll and sort of talk you through the B-roll. Um, yeah, nothing, literally. As you can see, the, the bodywork is, is spotless. I went around and, and touched in a load of stone chips, but the only minor ones, really. There was nothing, no sort of no noticeable damage. Um, 
wheels again. There was one mark from when they were when the car was brought to me. Um, but again, this is, you know, it's not the car's fault, and it's you know, it's not even accidental. It's just it's just negligence on the, the delivery driver's part. Um, so have a look at the interior then. Interior. So I again, I'm pretty. I'm a bit of a perfectionist, so and the car gets cleaned constantly. Um, and I weirdly, so so you guys might feel free to tell me in the comments as well. I was told with these leather seats or anything fairly modern actually that the there is like a sealant layer or a, a lacquer that goes or a matte lacquer that goes onto the actual leather of the seats, which makes putting balms and and softeners and and treatment oils and things like that completely pointless because it doesn't get soaked in. I don't know if that's true because I didn't do that. I used like a cleaning agent. It was quite soft and it was, um, you know, light. It wasn't, it wasn't too sort of detergent-y. Uh, and I still found the, the leather starting to dry out. And I did use a balm then and I let it soak in for the day and it, it soaked in and softened the leather back up. So um, I don't know how much truth is involved in that. But anyway, again, if you're an expert in, in leather, you can let me know. Um, actually, I'm hoping to go to D-Class and they can talk to me all about that stuff. Um, steering wheel, I've got a real thing about dirty steering wheels and, and you know when they get the oils and grime wedged in them. So again I've cleaned, I've used, I'll try and I'll put the, it's called Wheeler's Leather Cleaning Spray um, and it's brilliant, it's got like a, a lemongrass smell to it, it's pretty nice. Um, so if you can go and find that stuff, I'd definitely buy it. Once that runs out I've got probably about a third of a bottle left um, and I'll get another load of that. But that kept the steering wheel really matte, that nice fresh matte feel. Um, gear knob. That took a bit of a, it wasn't my ring, but I noticed a mark on um, the gear knob and I had a, somebody come out and, and a leather repair person come out and they fixed that. Can't tell that it was ever damaged. At the same time actually as well, one of the services, when I was having the car serviced, um, unfortunately someone sat in the car and they must have had a belt buckle on or something or something, you know, a, a tab on the back of jeans or something and it scratched, a big scratch down the middle of the panel. I lost my and uh, asked for it to be fixed. Bit of toing and froing about that, but yeah, eventually, um, eventually they agreed to do it. And so that was the reason why that leather, leather person turned up um, and, and amazing. So I, I don't know if you want me to share her details or not. She's one of those people that works quite privately. Um, but yeah, she was fantastic. She came out in a, in a little van. I was a little skeptical about whether it'd be, it'd vanish and she was completely convinced I'd never see it. And she was right, I was wrong. Um, yeah, it looks perfect. Apart from that, the interior is looks brand new, um, and I think that's probably the theme for the whole car. Really, is the car looks brand new after, you know, it's twenty fifteen, so seven years old, and I think you'd hard be hard pushed to think it was more than six months old. It's the mid thirties on, on a run MPG, and I would say probably uh, hooning it mid you know mid to early twenties. Um, Taxes about three hundred quid, I think. I can't remember now, but yeah, it's, it's just do it. If you're thinking about it, just do it. There really is nothing negative about this car at all. Um, Spec-wise, this car was a bit of an ace, really. So manual, sports chrono, PDLS, so the um, the fancy lights, sports plus seats, uh, sports steering wheel, sports design steering wheel. Um, did I say manual? Manual. Uh, folding mirrors. Yeah, 19 inch wheels, PASM. And it came with a, so yeah, one of the things that, that I bought it with, and I didn't know I had when I bought it, and until it dropped, got dropped off, was a Design 911 Valvetronic switchable exhaust. And that thing sounds epic. 
Um, if you've watched any of the other clips, in fact, I'll, you know, I'll chop in and, and insert a clip here and you can just sort of get a drive-by um, and yeah, it does sound great. So I, th I would say that the, I went to a supercar club, not this is a supercar, but I went to a supercar club event and there was Lambos everywhere and, come sit down, come sit down. There's Lambos everywhere um, and all sorts of cars and stuff. And I think not, not pace wise, obviously, and probably not looks wise, but sound wise, I think this was definitely up there with the best of them. So um, I think that's this, this car's ace card is it just sounds, especially with that exhaust sounds incredible. Um, funny enough, actually, Sam from Seen Through Glass, I went to one of his um, open events last year um, and it, it came up in the podcast. So if you go and have a look at it, listen to his podcast. Yeah, it's good. So I think probably about wraps us up. Um, what next? Well, like I said, this gets picked up tomorrow. Um, I don't know if I want to see it again, to be fair. It's a tough one because I feel so chemically bonded to this car um, that it really, it's a painful experience letting it go. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll think about it, maybe. Um, but moving onwards though, so I guess the next video you'll see, it will be a collection video. Um, Baytree Cars, thank you very much for your help so far. Uh, let's get this deal done, get it over the line and I can go and hopefully this time next week, I'll be heading to Derby and um, I'll get the full, I've never had, you know when they pull the cover off? It sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean, it's just a cover, but actually I'm hoping, and I say that, said that about this, but the next car will be the last car I ever buy. Um, I really want it to be my Gran Torino. I've said that to a couple of my mates. I want it to be my Gran Torino in the next car. So, um, yeah, it'll be really cool. And I want to experience that. And I want to bring you guys along for that experience as well. Um, yeah, live vicariously through me. Um, bad financial decisions, but it's all fun, right? Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for watching this. If you've got any questions about running a, a 981 Cayman, um, I can't talk about the Boxster element, so the, the roof... Um, I'm sure Boxster owners will chip in in the comments and let you know what their thoughts are about Boxsters as well. But yeah, so it's a good news. It's a good news. It's good news financially. It's good news from a driving perspective. Um, if you're thinking, so the last I'll wrap up on, if you're thinking, if you test driven other stuff, like the faster ones, I did a back-to-back -back test between this and a four-litre GTS last year. Um, yes, the four-litre GTS is fine, is much faster. It's, I, would, I think this sounds better. Um, it's 50, 60 grand between this and a four litre GTS. I've got to be honest, I don't see the 50, 60 grand. Maybe I'm just a, a, you know, um, an imbecile and I, and I have absolutely no ability to, to, to tell the difference. Steering did feel slightly more direct with the four litre GTS, but there is, this, is, this is a good news story, this car. Um, I'm not offended to its dying day. Uh, and if I, ever, if I ever ended up back in one, it'd be a pleasure to do that as well. So. Um, yeah, if you've got any questions, please put them in the chat, in the comments. Um, if you haven't subscribed already and you enjoyed this, and you, you, uh, yeah, please subscribe and hit the notifications, the bell icon, make sure you get the notifications through. Um, on Instagram, we're at Rengineering UK. On Facebook, we're at Rengineering. Um, and thank you very much from me and Bodie, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care. Bye for now. Well, I hope you enjoyed that first REM builds episode that talks you through the uh, process of selling the car and you know where my head was at when I was selling it. You can tell that I was a bit tentative um, and it was really bittersweet actually editing that footage 
because um, and the video is live by the way on YouTube now so you can head over and watch the video on YouTube um, but Bodhi bless him um, and it's been a little while since I saw that so if, if you if this again if you're new to the podcast um, Bodhi is my colleague that passed away in August um, 12 years old so he was an old boy but very sad and then seeing him pop up and and, and I don't doubt that's going to happen through lots of these episodes, especially if they're home-based, because he was around a lot. So, yeah, it was a bit, it was a bit sweet, but it was lovely to see his little, his little face. Um, you can find me at Rengineering UK on Instagram, and if you want to drop any feedback or you want to be on your Porsche stories, you can do that. And just either email me at info at rengineering.com or over at Rengineering UK on Insta, also on Facebook. Where else? TikTok, threads. Anyone use threads? Don't think so. Barely see anyone on threads, but it's there anyway. Um, we're on there. Um, and then obviously YouTube as well. Uh, for now, that's it for me, and I shall see you shortly. Take care for now. Goodbye. Welcome back to the Engineering YouTube and podcast. Well, straight away. Ugh. Right. Try again.